Star Wars. This is on Star Wars, specifically Clone Wars, Season 7. Star Wars. This is on Star Wars, specifically Clone Wars, Episode 1. Pending disaster in the Republic, Padawan Sarah O'Connor has proven prodigious with the Force, drawing the attention of an evil enemy. Jedi Master Colleen McMillan is dispatched by the Jedi Council to her Padawan's aid. Will Colleen arrive in the Separatist-plagued planet of Anaxes in time to help the young apprentice? She will have to bring all of her cunning and skill to this perilous mission if they hope to survive. Let's catch up with these two formidable Jedi for a closer look at the Clone Wars Season 7 opener. The Bad Batch, featuring, oh wow, that's the name, yes, no super mysterious, The Bad Batch. Welcome ravenous streamers and culture consumers to Bohemian Geek Studies. The place where nerdy Jedi Knights gather with the council to end this war of clones. My name is Sarah O'Connor, Queen of Queries, Lady of Literature, and Defender of Droids. And this is co-host Colleen McMillan, Lady of Loggers, Gryffindor Prefect, and Rebel Scum Collaborator. While the original material for Matilda that we did for episodes 1 through 6 may be for kids, this segment of the podcast that we're going to be releasing probably every Thursday in line with the release of Star Wars is going to be for adults only. Only. Will there be spoilers? Yes. Will there be adult jokes? Yes. So if questions like, is Vader Luke's dad? And then if siblings may or may not be kissing concerns you, <laughs> you might want to tune out or tune in for just our young adult reader podcast. So if you have a bad feeling about spoilers, watch all the movies, watch Clone Wars, watch Rebels, at least season one for this episode, and then come back to us. We'll be here. Tune in later. Always welcome. Come on in. Let's get going. We'll brief you on the way. So, ravenous readers and ravenous listeners and now ravenous viewers of The War of Clones, we're going to head into our first segment, which we are calling Master and Apprentice. Now, normally this section will come later in the podcast, but this is where my Padawan learner, Sarah, asked a couple questions. We put these at the beginning because they deal with continuity. They deal with what should we be watching before we even watch this first episode. So Master Colleen, which is me, even though I'm going to put a disclaimer in there, I am not a complete Star Wars expert, not even in the least. Maybe when it comes to Star Wars Rebels, that would be my go-to. But I do have a nice giant well of knowledge and trivia that I can draw from. And I'm a hell of a researcher, so I can always look stuff up. Yeah, and I think... Colleen and I have talked about this and other Star Wars fans and us have talked about this. Who actually is worthy of being called a true expert master? It's Just George. <laughs> wild. It's wild. The the universe there is legitimately no outer rim to the level of expertise one mm-hmm. can obtain. And so as a Padawan, someone who has lately enjoyed the culture, enjoyed the stories, and is starting to dig into the novels, which is kind of really where my passion truly sparked beyond just going to the movies, eating some popcorn took place. So that's kind of the framework where all caveat Padawan, I am not a newbie, 
but I am not even close to worthy of being called medium expert to expert, let alone Jedi master. And we know that the culture cares just as much as we do. Completely. So we Mm -hmm. wanted to make sure that kind of our titles were set. (laughs) Expectations are set. Padawan, Sarah, Connor, ready to ask the questions. And the first one we should start with is, yo, new listener, entering this world, should I have watched anything else? Everyone's so excited to be turning into Disney Plus and the awesome new content that they're releasing. So much content. Yeah, so much content to consume. Does someone have to start at season one, episode one and catch up at a breakneck speed? Or can we just start right at season seven, episode one? This question is super important because when it comes to Star Wars, continuity is very important. They've spent years, decades building these films, TV shows, books that actually fit together really well into this giant puzzle. But luckily, The Clone Wars is broken down into episodes or arcs, which may be like two episodes, three, four. So if you're watching season seven, you can actually skip watching the entire series if you absolutely have to. And you can watch a couple arcs to kind of catch up on who the character are going to be. And I will always say, yes, please watch all six seasons of The Clone Wars to start. Try and go in chronological order if you can. Disney Plus released them in release order, in season order, which is not necessarily the order they are chronologically in the timeline, which, yes, super annoying, but also kind of fun. It's like you're going on a scavenger hunt. Yeah, when has Star Wars ever been like, let's make this easy Easy. for our consumer? (laughs) You know that you're about to have an Easter egg hunt across the galaxy when you begin with four. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of exactly. goes from there. <laughs> so again, expectations yes. are set. Yes. And it's a good argument to have. But of course, they didn't know how many seasons they were going to get. They didn't know how many episodes they were going to get. So they kind of jump yep. around. But it's totally worth it. I definitely recommend the entire Clone Wars series to everyone. It ramps up. It does ramp up completely. And I would say for newbies, if you went to A New Hope and enjoyed yourself, mm-hmm. that's very much the experience. <laughs> you you know that there are wars in the stars and you're yes. about to watch a portion of that. And I think that that's what you can get season seven episode one and we're going to break down some of the characters to help with that and yes we're going to be referring to some things that you might not have seen but again remember we already (laughs) know that two death stars explode so take spoilers with a grain of salt it's an interesting phenomenon when we're enjoying the monday night quarterbacking of just like lavishing in the details of this universe artistically is just supremely fascinating it's incredible because we already know so much about this just from watching the core movies you already know so many things that are going to happen yep And with Clone Wars, you know that Anakin turns into Darth Vader. So you know what is already going to be happening at the end of this series. Right. And so I think maybe our suggestion moving forward is hopefully you've watched season seven, episode one. Hopefully this will be a way for you to just delight in some of the details and fleshing out that Mm -hmm. knowledge. If you're not ready for that, guess what? come back to us after you've watched it. And I would say for those of you who were hesitant about diving into the Clone Wars, trust me, I'm I'm a convert. (laughs) Yes. You know, hello, my name is Sarah (laughs) O'Connor and I'm admitting this. 
Me too. What I would suggest is Googling Clone Wars kind of series segments that Colleen referenced so that you can get a taste Mm -hmm. of it. And if you like it, you're going to enjoy the rest of it. But it's a nice way for you to taste without feeling the huge pressure of just so much content to consume. Exactly. All right. So I'm going to just do a quick list here of the episodes and arcs that you should probably watch before you watch episode one of season seven in this great non-chronological order fashion we start with a season three episode episode one called clone cadets and this is where you are introduced to the main hero clones of the series you have fives echo and heavy who are going to be very important going forward through the series next you have rookies which is season one episode five which is our Domino Squad's first mission, and that is who Fives, Heavy, and Echo are a part of. And you also get to know Cody and Rex a little bit more. And then we have the Battle of Camino episode, which is Season 3, Episode 2, and it focuses on Echo, Fives, and 99 on their, I guess you could call it their home world of Camino, where they were made mm-hmm, in, the sure. petri- in the Petri mm-hmm. dish. And it's super interesting to get the Caminoans also. Yeah, it's a different kind of looking for like homegrown cooking. That's uncomfortable for them. <laughs> you know, that's not a joke so that you say with them around. <laughs> no, definitely not. And that that is just also a great episode for villains as well because you get Ventress. Always great to have her I around. I love her so much. Yes, she's fantastic. Love her. Next then we have the Citadel Arc, which is season three, episodes 18, 19, and 20. And I'm going to do a burr, 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 spoiler alert, big spoiler alert, even though we did one already, yep. just in case. Yep, 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 yep. This is the episode arc where Echo, who is by now, we've been in with him for three seasons, dies. Big quote marks around dies, which we will come back to later. The next arc then is Umbara, which is season four, episodes seven, eight, nine, and ten, which is fantastic episode for both Captain Rex and Fives. You cannot come out of this episode without just admiring the heck out of these clones. Absolutely. This is a clone-centric arc, and really, this just brings home that they're humans. They are not just- Wait, is this is this called Star Wars or Clone Wars? What am I subscribing to? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's called Star Wars The Clone Wars? Oh, so it is about clones and the wars- Oh my, yes. And the wars that involve the clones. Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> just checking, because that was an actual reaction that someone had. And and we say that with tongue yes. in cheek, because like, trust me, respect. Yes. If you're signing into a show called The Clone Wars, they're going to be clones, y'all. <laughs> yes. All right. And then the last arc that you should watch before this is actually the first four episodes of season six. And grab your tissues, folks, because this is a really rough one. This is where Fives, who has by now probably become people's either first favorite or second favorite clone of the series, discovers the Order 66 conspiracy. But he is unable to tell anyone about it except very vaguely. And this is another huge failing for the Jedi Council coming into the last season. The entire Clone Wars show is really about the failings of the Jedi. Yeah, not a good look. Yeah, just not. It is in no way the clones fall. The branding department is really just losing their minds right mm-hmm. now. I know, right? <laughs> it's okay. Everything's fine. The Clone Wars are fine. We will win them eventually. All right. So that is the first question. That's our opposed to me. What was your second one? Before that, as a Ravenclaw respecting mm-hmm. a Gryffindor plunging in, <laughs> giving us all the information, we're going to make sure that that recap that you might be wanting to take notes on is going to be on it on our Instagram and Twitter so that you can just have it directly. Although Google is your 
friend. So I yes. think probably the next most important question, does the queen amazing Ahsoka win? Like, where is she at? Mm. Is she alive? Mm. What's going on with my girl Ahsoka? Do you think we're going to get to see her here? Mm -hmm. I remember two years ago before I was kind of deeper into this world. Who's Ahsoka and why does everyone want to know if she's alive? And now <laughs> yes. she better get so much airtime. <laughs> I'm like almost over it. That's my stance on this. <laughs> this is another awesome question. Dave Filoni, who is the basically the creator and the voice behind both Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, he created Ahsoka. Ahsoka is his favorite character. So I can pretty much guarantee she will be a part of season seven. We don't know exactly how much, although my guess is that she will probably factor in hugely in the next two arcs. Yeah. She was featured in the trailer, so we know she's around. <laughs> Yes, we just don't know exactly how much screen time she'll get, but I'm guessing it's going to be a lot. Yeah. Her and Anakin will probably be the two main focuses. And this maybe isn't the time or place for this, but I do want listeners to know that Colleen and I think about things like, what does it mean now that Ahsoka has white lightsabers and creative mm -hmm. minds regarding her have made allusions or references to Gandalf the Grey, who then became Gandalf the White, mm -hmm. the idea of being kicked yes. off the council. You start to like look at some of the lore that people naturally gravitate towards, and I'm really excited mm -hmm. at the possible tie-in there that we may explore later if other people are also <laughs> interested in what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yes, for sure. Uh, Ahsoka's lightsabers are an interesting topic just by themselves because she starts out with green. In the trailer for season seven, Anakin gives her blue lightsabers and then she transitions to white lightsabers in Star Wars Rebels. And I know how she gets the white lightsabers, but I don't want to spoil too much so I'm not going to go into that but yeah that transition for her from Padawan to kind of erstwhile Jedi not quite a Jedi yet probably in season seven because she did leave and then what we get in Rebels it's just incredible I definitely need to see more of her so I think with that kind of cliffhanger that just naturally exists would be now a great time for us to hop into the Millennium fandom for our episode recap Yes, perfect. Love it. All right. So, of course, every single episode of The Clone Wars opens with a title card with a quotation or a proverb, something that will give us the theme for the episode. And this one is... Theoretically. Yes, theoretically. Sometimes they are a little shaky on the fit with the episode, but this one actually makes a ton of sense. It is, embrace others for their differences, for that makes you whole. Colleen, why do you think this quote mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense... Mm -hmm. Basically, it means that even though they're clones, all of the clones have differentiating circumstances with them. They have facial tattoos, their hair is different, they try to make themselves stand out. And so, they're trying to embrace the differences in each other. And that's just the main body of clones, the regular clones, if you will. With the Bad Batch, these 
new guys that come in just kind of crash land and take the plot over, they're even more different than the rest of their brother clones. So the opening title card and the theme of embracing others for their differences is very, very important for this episode because the regular clones have to try and accept the differences in these Bad Batch clones. And also vice versa, the Bad Batch clones have to realize that they need to work with their brothers, even though they might feel a little ostracized because they're not quite cookie cutter mold clones. They have to work as a team. And when you're your team, that is when you become whole. And so that is what Rex, our main character for this episode, is trying to achieve with combining regular clones with these bad batch of clones. So pretty much we've got kind of our old staple military men that we've come to know or at least are with our star cast at the episode opening Mm -hmm. at the hub next to Anakin trying to figure out what we should be doing next those guys go to this remote planet where war is happening big surprise it is not going well Mm -hmm. and a quote-unquote bad batch of non-identical clones show up with an Mm -hmm. attitude and flounce all over Mm -hmm. the place (laughs) oh yeah they'd be flouncing and these two (laughs) groups of clones have to learn how to work together in order to survive, which they do for at least this one singular mission. And as mm-hmm. Colleen's talking about the idea of what is or is not a clone is right smack dab in front of the characters and the viewers. Mm-hmm. I love it. And we'll dig deeper, of course, into those plot elements as we go along. But now I think we should move on to our next section, which we are calling the seven holocrons, our repositories of knowledge. Seven, seven, seven repositories of knowledge. So in this section where we're calling them the seven holocrons, Each of the holocrons talk about a particular aspect of the episode or the Star Wars canon as a whole. And so what we're going to be looking at is first holocron, the setting time, location, location, location. Second is who is here? Who's at the party? What are we watching? Third, what cool creature do we get to see? Fourth, cool item. Five, what other homages do we see that these creators and writers are making to other Star Wars stories as well as things outside of this universe? Six, we're going to get into Darth Plotius. What is the dramatic irony of this episode? What do we know as watchers? Understanding what these characters will be facing. Don't know And then seven, we're going to finally, finally, finally have some folks defending droids. (laughs) We need it. We need Mm -hmm. it. They need it. It's unfair. It's cruel. We're saving that for last. And so let's start, Colleen. Tell us, where the heck are we in time? And Mm -hmm. what kind of planets or ships are we even on? All right. Well, as the resident rebel fan extraordinaire, I was really excited to see the plot synopsis for this episode because it gives us our location, Anaxes. It's a Republic planet that's holding really important shipyards that are important to the war effort. And this, there is actually kind of the planet appears in Star Wars Rebels, which is why I get so excited. The planet was destroyed, not during the war. It was just some, it was a cataclysm that we don't know about yet, but 
that Fort Anaxes was left intact on an asteroid, and our Rebels heroes encounter this fort. So hooray for Dave Filoni for continuity. We love some love some plot threads that fit together. And now the timing of this episode, a lot of people will notice details in it of the characters will resemble their selves from the movie Revenge of the Sith. So we know that this episode from those cues is set before Revenge of the Sith, but not that long before. And it's most likely in the year 19 BBY, which means before the Battle of Yavin from episode four, A New Hope. Excellent. And so who's at the table? Who are we watching? What's going on? All right. Well, speaking of the one with the hair that we need to watch, we have the Jedi Generals, Mace Windu and Anakin Skywalker. Oh, hey. I know. Hey, guy. What's going on? He of the lengthening hair. We should be very concerned about this because in Revenge of the Sith, Anakin's hair is this length, which is why we know it's coming. (laughs) Like... Yeah, I love that. The more angsty he gets, the longer his hair gets, <laughs> the more likely he goes Sith. Yep. Just watch his hair length. That's so it's hysterical. Funny to but it, it's one of our main points that we actually know what time it is. So thank you, Clone Wars team, for giving us that cue. All right. So Mace and Anakin are in command of the air and ground forces on the planet Anaxes. They're there to protect this production center for the war effort. And the war has dragged on now for about three years with no real end in sight. And Anakin and Mace show visible signs of weariness which they did not show in seasons probably one through three so they're they're starting to get a little haggard guys and it's really sad when you like know what happens mm-hmm. to these bros because right now they're still hombres and trying to fight the good fight together and that to me is one of those like eating popcorn mm-hmm. very slowly yes. moments like they're still brothers in arms Speaking of other brothers in arms, since we're watching something called Clone Wars, who are our clone brothers in arms for these key figures for us? Fan favorite, Captain Rex. And probably my favorite as well. He is the main clone who is with Anakin. So he is like Anakin's go-to guy. We also have ARC Trooper Jesse, who has the face tattoo that resembles the M- Imperial symbol, which is a little troubling, but right now it's <laughs> it's not that symbol yet. So it, we shouldn't be too worried about Jesse. He's actually a pretty cool guy. Yeah, it's totally innocuous fine. at this point. Nothing to Nothing see here. Nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> um, and then he's an ARC trooper. ARC is advanced recon commando. So he's one of the badasses who is serving under Rex's command in the 501st Legion. And then we also have the medic clone Kix. It's K-I-X. He's Edgy. actually pretty funny. Very yeah, edgy. Yeah, he's real edgy. Super edgy. And he's part of the 100 or 501st Legion also. And he's the medic. He's the guy that's going to run out into the battlefield and be real mad when his commanding officers tell him not to go help people. And then lastly, I know some people will put Cody, Commander Cody, and Rex automatically together, but they're actually not on every single mission together. I know, right? And I love Cody, but we also know that he shoots at Obi-Wan, so this is not. Also, tough looks for Cody coming up. Yeah, not great, not great Cody. Cody. Just uh, we remember, we do, sadly, the Jedi uh, remember. Damn it, Cody! But he is actually the highest ranking clone soldier. He holds the rank of Marshal Commander. There's t- one or two other Marshal Commanders that we meet throughout the series, but Cody is our main focus. He's the leader of the Seventh Sky Corps, and now he usually is with Obi Wan. He's Obi Wan's guy, which kind of makes me wonder, like, what is he doing here with Mace and Anakin? Yeah. Like what what is he hmm. doing here? He he does go around and do other missions if he's needed. Oh, I'm sure he gets around and does other missions. Oh if yeah, he's for sure. Needed. Cody is always just on the ball. I'm sure he is on the <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, him and his probably repressed sexuality, just like Obi-Wan. Because, of course, the Jedi generals and their second-in-commands tend to act quite a lot like each other. Which you can see in Anakin and Rex, too, which is great. Another great detail that the Clone Wars writers like to throw in there. But my guess is that Cody is here because Rex asked him to come and wanted his opinion and his help, trying to think of new strategies because Rex's strategies are being compromised. Yeah, and that's a really interesting plot point that I'm chomping at the bit to get to, but we're not there yet, so like put a pin in it. When we're talking about the clones generally, I want to focus on this one quote. Mm -hmm. Regular folk don't understand. Sometimes in war, it's hard to be the one who survives. Colleen, for a spoiler and for context, Mm -hmm. what does this quote mean to these clones? Well, this one is actually a super hard scene to watch. It starts out with Rex in the troop barracks, and he's looking at a photograph or a hollow of him cody and then their two clone basically friends echo and fives and rex and cody are alive in this time frame and both fives and echo are dead rex he brings up another one heavy who had died way back in season one but who was still part of their core group and this is huge survivor's guilt stuff coming from the clones which is something we have kind of seen looked at in the series but this is the first time where it is really brought up and cody brings up a really good point like people don't understand unless you're a soldier and you have this survivor's guilt they don't get how hard it is for them yeah and i think that's something a padawan like me who has only lightly seen some of the episodes can understand you don't have to be a a a Jedi master to understand that the tone that's being set that's opening up season seven is death is at the door and knocking very very loudly yes pretty much all of these characters will either be dead or aged out by the time we get to the original trilogy and so on that super chipper note (laughs) (laughs) why don't we talk about kind of the heroes and villains here kind of very endor forest through the trees if you will who are our heroes who are our villains so we have our heroes which are going to be the jedi our core clones that we've already talked about and now we have to introduce you to the bad batch our titular episode title guys let me be clear the people who kidnap babies and later commit massive genocide are our heroes just to just to reframe from why there's a tug and pull generationally from from kids who are mm-hmm. watching it the first time and look to the clones as the yes. heroes these are the true mm-hmm. good guys the the disconnect with what's just about to happen and then we get the bad batch sorry oh no you're good it's always good to bring up that kind of dichotomy because yes anakin who is our hero here will become the most formidable villain probably in pop culture history yeah you do not want him visiting a daycare no definitely not no daycare no not for Anakin. no Mm -mm. all right so back on track which is interesting because our first bad batch character has enhanced tracking abilities Sergeant Hunter. He is going to be the leader of the Bad Batch. We have Wrecker, who has enhanced strength. We have Tech, not the best nickname, but we're fine with it right now. None of these nicknames. Someone was just like, no, 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 no. no. I need it to be so easy to understand. I need someone who hunts to be called Hunter. Someone who wrecks to be called Wrecker. Oh, what about the guy who's good with technology? Ah, Stan, just call him tech. He's real smart, guys. Yeah, just it's so (laughs) ridiculous. It's fantastic. 
And then the last one is Crosshair. He probably has the most unique individual Mm -hmm. name. And Mm -hmm. he has this enhanced. And a marker. marker. Yep, he's got that tattoo. Always rocking it. And he has enhanced sniper abilities. And then we also have to give some props here to Heavy, who I mentioned earlier. He actually coined the term Bad Batch back in the season episode titled Clone Cadet. Like, he calls himself and Domino Squad the Bad Batch. Because they thought they weren't great. He hashtagged that first. He did. And he was talking to 99, who the Bad Batch is Clone Force 99. So they they know. Well, well, well. This is a bring it on show. They took 99. They took Bad Batch. Just given heavy no props. But we will. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about that salt in each other's wounds that you get across these two groups. The idea that these guys are saying things like, these guys are clones. They don't look like clones to me. We don't usually work with Mm -hmm. regs. Like, what (laughs) is going on, y'all? Why are we being like, this is high school Mm -hmm. kitty cat fight. Get your jobs done. What's happening? Uh, It's just that basic thing where two groups come together that should get along fine and just at first clash horribly. Like if we go back to when Cody and Rex were talking about Survivor's Guild, Cody uses the word regular people, which he means are non-clones or non-combatants. But then here we get Kicks the Medic, who's talking to Jesse, says, these guys aren't clones. They don't look like clones to me. And he's talking about basically his brothers who just happen to not fit the clone mold. Which is like, yeah. that's great. Like, ew, they like totally don't look like clones to me. Does like <laughs> Wrecker even look like a clone to you? Not even a little bit. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and this is some shade coming from two guys who are pretty good at their jobs. Kix and Jesse know what they're doing. They're under Rex's command. They follow Rex's lead. But this just shows how uncomfortable they are with this level of difference and they choose to call it out which is not cool guys because bad batch could probably hear you we don't know they could have enhanced hearing we don't know although to be fair you'd think you'd see a Mm -hmm. tattoo of that because hawkeye has made it very clear (laughs) you know what i mean i'm pretty (laughs) sure that if they had advanced hearing they'd be flouncing that it would be on a tattoo somewhere (laughs) oh my god i would love it so much okay so basically these are like they almost are just not accepting these bad batch members as part of their brotherhood like they're basically saying oh, you don't look like us. But this is super fascinating because all of the other clones go to such great lengths to make themselves stand out. They have tattoos. They change their hair color and the hairstyle. Like Rex has blonde hair. Some of them grow facial hair. Some of them grow crazy facial hair. And they also paint and change their armor up so that they look different. They'll do anything to not be seen as carbon copies of Django Fett, who was the progenitor of the DNA. But for the Bad Batch, there's something that these clones could never be. They are truly different. Right. So I think that there's definitely some jealousy going on there Mm -hmm. from the quote unquote Mm -hmm. enhancements. None of them are thinking like, Mm -hmm. hmm, maybe there's also some things that like were enhanced that like would not interest me. But I guess that's Mm -hmm. the benefit of being a viewer of these kind of things and not being Mm -hmm. in it. But I find I always find it really, really interesting that it's one of those tropes that these super advanced people are like, let's not Mm -hmm. even wonder what's happening to our own bodies. Nothing to see here. Move (laughs) along. Nope. They do what they're trained to do. And I think it's also really interesting the idea that this quote unquote bad batch of clones they're kind of like demigods with these special mm. enhanced 
skills, and so there has to be some kind of jealousy. I feel, though, and we're going to be talking about this a little bit later in the episode, but it's pertinent to bring up here. One thing that struck me very clear from a character trait standpoint about all of these bad batch as a group, although tech not so much, is that there's Mm -hmm. some like latent racism or something xenophobic going on. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to call it, but they do Mm -hmm. not care if quote unquote clone clones are killed. And that's a big flipping problem. They're very devil may care, Mm -hmm. Wreck-It Ralph mentality. And and that's undue shade at Wreck-It Ralph. (laughs) (laughs) We're sorry, Sorry, Wreck-It Ralph, Ralph. but the Bad Batch are going to wreck it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The next one, too. I mean, this also feeds back into it. Where This is Crosshair because he's a douche. He's looking at Jesse, like just staring at him openly, very hostily. And Jesse asks him what's wrong or what is he looking at? And Crosshair says, we don't usually work with regs and then he flicks his toothpick at jesse which is like okay so this is just him coming back from a different angle towards what kicks and jesse were talking about they see themselves as superior they're not used to interacting with their fellow clone soldiers they've changed their defects into prized attributes and they're really happy to stand out for who they are but they also are picking fights kind of well crosshair particularly is picking fights so this kind of might show that they know how different they are from their brothers and they might wish for a stronger resemblance or connection to them and it's just coming out in this hostile manner it's very like wear your defects like armor and you'll never get hurt like kind of <laughs> yes, thing you know what it. i mean very like, Tyrion. <laughs> yeah it's totally that now that we understand the kind of underlying b plot if you will battle between these two clones neither one of them are kind of true villains or heroes although the bad mm-hmm. batch has some bad defective character traits <laughs> in that regard who's our quote-unquote actual creepy crawly grossy the mosty villain i would say he's probably going to be the main villain of the entire this arc at least not the entire season because we know who that's going to be at the end so here we go i hate this guy he's a spider motherfucker <laughs> curse words all of the curse words for this guy admiral trench this arachnoid jerk has been around since the beginning of the series the movie the first couple episodes Preach he's it. just causing shit all over the galaxy he led the separatists in the blockade of christophsis where we first meet ahsoka he's almost died so many times he should not be a spider he should be a cockroach yeah. like he is always fleeing his ships doesn't go down with them just real rude and he is always in the background kind of cackling at people because he thinks he's a genius and he is a very cunning tactical person but he's just thrown it in everybody's faces i mean come on don't be a douche He's he's a good villain to dislike. You enjoy disliking yes, him. Yes, completely. You do not feel bad for him at all, ever. So let's turn to our third holocron, cool creature. Take it away, Colleen. Who wins? Yes, my favorite. These little, little guys are just so cute. All right. They, well, some people might not think they're cute when they're being disemboweled by them, but they are called fear knocks. These cute little killing machines are nocturnal and are light sensitive. You can actually see one circling the clones' camp twice in this episode when they have to make a stop when their transport goes down. It's probable that this guy was just a scout as a full pack of these creatures would have definitely attacked the clones. And now this is kind of like a cute little Easter egg or deep dive for people who have seen season one of Rebels because Sabine and Hera come across the Fearnox when they go to the asteroid Fort Anaxes 
and Kanan and Ezra also utilize them when they are attacking the Grand Inquisitor on that same base in a later episode. And this is the first creature that Ezra actually connects with using his very potent natural side of the Force powers. So I was really excited to see them. Loved, loved seeing the Fearnax. Even though they will watch Rebels, it's fine. <laughs> yes, always watch watch Rebels. <laughs> Indoctrination in every episode. Just watch. Just watch. Yep. Rebels. Just watch Rebels. Just a little pinch of Rebels. Fine. So, what's our fourth holocron cool item? We actually have two cool items here. The winners are Anakin Skywalker's fighter and Vibroblades Anakin's fighter, which can be seen in the opening scenes with the yellow accents. This is going to be a callback to the opening scene of Revenge of the Sith where Anakin and Obi-Wan are flying together, going to save Palpatine from his quote-unquote kidnapping. And this is what we really also are not wanting to see, but also it's really cool to see because this just means we are rolling ever closer to Anakin turning into Darth Vader. Poor Anakin. No, not poor Anakin. He'll be fine. So then the really cool one, which I was excited to see because we haven't seen it in the Clone Wars very often, are the vibroblades. Now, these things are blades that vibrate, y'all. <laughs> vibroblades, they vibrate. They can be used like it as knives, as swords. They're really cool. The clones don't utilize them as much. The Bad Batch love them, though, because they like close quarters combat. And then also, if you've watched The Mandalorian, Mando uses a vibroblade against the Mudhorn. Which was so wicked. wicked. I loved seeing it live action. So it's nice to kind of get this in here. Yeah, that was the thing. We had seen them before animated, mm-hmm. but never before live. It's yes. it's hard to remember the like once you've seen it, hasn't it always existed? Mm-hmm. But it was a very right. cool new thing to see specifically in live action. Yes, at least as far as I know, I'm sure there might be like a little bit scene somewhere in one of the films. Yeah, maybe in the Wookiee Christmas special. <laughs> Christmas special? Oh, God. I hope not. That would be violent for Christmas. <laughs> but yes, the well, Mando uses it prominently. Moving to our fifth holocron, what kind of homages did we see, Colleen, throughout this episode? <laughs> well, Sarah, we have seen many <laughs> because Dave Filoni is well-versed in film and television. Oh, so the bad I bet I know. He is Thank fantastic. You, sir. So many things would not exist without Mr. Filoni. And if you're out there, Dave, we would like some information on the Star Wars Rebel sequel. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Please, like right now. But yes, he loves to throw homages in to the Clone Wars and all of his other Star Wars properties. The Bad Batch team themselves resemble both the Dirty Dozen, an, an older war movie, and the Commando team from Predator. Oh my goodness, yeah. As soon as they came on, I was like, ah, okay, hi, Sylvester Stallone. What are you, what are you doing here? Oh, and you got your red bandana. Like, you're totally mm-hmm. ready to go. Wrecker Ralph. Oh, the Punisher. What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Hi, yes. buddy. Crosshair. Yes. What are you doing, Bullseye? Howdy, boys. I guess mm-hmm. this is going to be a rowdy rigmarole precedent set. Yes. Wrecker has the Punisher skull on his helmet, which is also like a clone trooper helmet with teeth, which is just great. And then Crosshair has the Bullseye crosshair symbol over his eye. And Bullseye's a villain, so I'm kind of a little worried about Crosshair here, but we're going to table that until later episodes. Yeah, and that's then, called a foreshadow. No, yes. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Is he a villain? He probably is. Or at least he's going to get real salty later. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and we can't leave out tech. 
But like, what does he do? He's his the damn role. nerdy techie character in every single genre movie you have ever seen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Because like, I wasn't sure until he said his name. He's every single nerdy character. <laughs> I will appreciate that he was the one with a broad enough, like, mind setting to be like, maybe we don't use slurs with one great. another. Maybe that That'd would be, be nice. Great. Yeah, the only one of the Bad Batch yeah. who does not use the term reg when referring to his fellow clones. When the B-1 army kind of crests the horizon, it felt very much like the white hunt battle right before Daenerys Targaryen first of her name the unburnt <laughs> titles titles mm-hmm. titles arrives with her dragons to sweep everyone up but her lords kiss lover Jon <laughs> yes. Snow that like the scene and how the characters were standing and the barrack Dondarian, mm-hmm. we do the fight just because we mm-hmm. have to even though death is inevitable and we're just a member of an army of the mm-hmm. living like high yes. clones versus it it felt very much mm-hmm. like that so was that a direct homage was it just hey this is a war mm-hmm. movie and a, a heroic scene around a helicopter kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. thing as we're trying to escape a bad situation yeah I don't know. I just saw it and I liked it. Gosh yes. darn it. So I'm sticking I like by it. Too. it. It's definitely has that feel of this monster wave military force coming at a small group of people who somehow are going to find a way to survive. So I think that's an excellent position for us to move into the sixth, the sixth holocron. Darth Plotius. <laughs> What is the dramatic irony of this episode? What do we know that the characters, bless their hearts, don't Mm -hmm. know? What are we looking at here, Colleen? All right. Like I said before, this is the true power of Clone Wars. Because we know what is going to happen. And these poor sucker characters, besides Palpy, don't know what's coming. For this episode and this whole arc, really, what I'm thinking about are the inhibitor chips that are in every single clone brain and that Order 66 is coming. Not Not great. great. We're in the slow motion train crash part of Clone Wars at this point. I wonder, do the Bad Batch have chips? Yeah. Because we do find out with Fives that every clone at a certain age has the inhibitor chips. But do they have them because they were defective? Like, were they brought out early? Most likely they do have the chips, which is concerning. Yeah. You don't want demigods who can be (laughs) taken. Like, you don't want anyone, frankly. You don't want these highly trained soldiers. Yeah. They're not top of list. To have no control. I'd prefer sloths to, like, have the ship. That's what I want. Actually. The sloths with one claw. (laughs) That's what I need to have have. J.J. Abrams, are you listening? Make this happen. Yes, we need the sloths with the inhibitor chips, please. (laughs) Uh, I also want to know. I don't think this has happened yet. Has Rex removed his chip yet? Because you don't really see a scar on his head. You don't see his ha- his hair is a little shorter than usual. I distinctly remember seeing the chip and going, oh, that's a third of the size of a brain. What? <laughs> I wonder if Rex as a captain, assuming he does know, which I think he does. He does, mm-hmm. right? He, he knows at least that something is going amiss. Okay. There's a reason he takes out his chip before Order 66 happens. Well, Five takes his out because he sees what happens to his okay. clone trooper buddy, Top. 
So we're asking, where are we in the timeline? Yes, because we know that Rex did remove his ship prior to Order 66 because he says so in Star Wars Rebels. We just don't know where we are yet. Has he taken it out yet? I don't think he has. So, y'all, if you want to jump in with a guess as to when this happened, please email us at bohemiangeekstudies at gmail.com with your guess. And the person who guesses correctly or the closest will get a shout out in the episode after we find out exactly what happened. Place your bets, folks. Place Place your bets. Place your bets. Mm -hmm. Well, we're thinking that during this arc, one of the questions that will be answered or what we will get to see Mm -hmm. is Captain Rex. Removing that chip. Mm -hmm. This, again, is a nice pivot point because the chip kind of turns these human clones into almost like robots. So for our seventh holocron, this is super near and dear to my heart. Put all droids on alert. An attack is coming. An attack is coming. When? Defend those It's in droids. your titles. Clanker is a slur. Droids Mm -hmm. are people too. Stop it. One other thing we want from you guys, email us at Bohemian Geek Studies. We're trying to think of like a clever, in Harry Potter, Hermione has this spew Mm -hmm. organization. (laughs) S-P-E-W. Yeah, to protect elves. Mm -hmm. We need that for droids. So legit, we are calling you Mm -hmm. out. Come up with something clever. It's time to protect droids because you're lying if you haven't laughed at a B-1 robot Mm -hmm. dropping a one Roger, roger. All these people are talking about all of these genocides happening on planet. Meanwhile, they're toting around the coolest (laughs) dogs who are actually (laughs) slaves. Yes. Set R2-D2 free just because you let him keep his memories and he's apparently the only droid where that (laughs) gets to happen does not mean that y'all are saviors of the galaxy. Check yourselves. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Everyone's walking around here like men in black to every single... (laughs) intelligent droid willing Mm -hmm. to show humans that they can hold a conversation. No wonder they're beeping and booping (laughs) cuss words all over the place. That's the only autonomy that they get to have to fight back. If you are with us and please be with us or at least be amused by us, right? (laughs) Like we are here for shared entertainment. Let us know why you defend droids by shooting us an email or kind of your position on this because it's hilarious when you watch this singular episode Mm -hmm. you see some of the b1s almost cute robotic puppy dogs not understanding Mm -hmm. what's happening it's used to beautiful comedic effect i love it i love it i love it but if you like actually take a step Mm -hmm. back and think about it clones and the robots are not that different the clones and the droids And that's the sad part. You watch the Bad Batch as well as our homie clones Mm -hmm. roll in and they slaughter the robots. You can see at least one of them, at least Mm -hmm. the the leader robot, put up his arms in Mm -hmm. surrender and gets gunned down. They shoot his ass. not cool. Nope. Not cool. And they have no qualms about deactivating whole squadrons, which is, I mean, fair because the, the droids are trying to kill them. But, yeah, I mean, fair. Yeah, yes. I mean, let's quibble with yes. it a little bit. But but then they, they call them <laughs> clankers, which is just mean, which it's understandable mean. people in wartime do this. I mean, you can look at all of the horrible nicknames that different forces give each other, like the Huns, 
when you're talking yep. about World War One and Prussia, Germany, you yep. always have a, a slur or a slang term for your enemy so that they are dehumanized. And so I think here, spoiler warning within a spoiler. <laughs> We're incepting warning. a spoiler. There is a very poignant moment where Captain Rex uncovers fellow clones and then across enemy lines to mm. reveal everyone here Season is a four. clone. Yep. Where we realize and the characters realize we are legitimately only fighting ourselves. All of us are duplicates mm-hmm. of duplicates of duplicates. Mm-hmm. Yo, do that with the B1s and those mm-hmm. in power. Don't get to make money mm-hmm. off y'all. Just like <laughs> think on that. It's not okay. No. Stop shooting at B1s. One of my little head cannons is like Captain Rex, the epitome of what it means to be a good clone. He already has mm-hmm. precedent of dismantling latent or mm-hmm. submerged phobias. He mm-hmm. and a B1 get stuck in a Sith or a Jedi mind cave. And each of them kind of take off their own masks or face masks, revealing Mm -hmm. one another. They're each other. To me, it's very much like a Rebels Zed moment. With Yeah, it gets an example of a clone, an example of a B1 together, Mm -hmm. have them strip away their preconceived notions, and then guess what? Mm -hmm. Star Wars just becomes Star War. And then people go, well, now what do I get Mm -hmm. to watch? The end. You're welcome. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Everything is just fine now. (laughs) Everything's fine. We had enough wars amongst the stars. That was it. it. But yeah, the Zeb Callus analogy is great there. Because you have to see, when you're forced together, you have to see this enemy as more like you than you would care to think. Which happens with our clones in this episode, too. The Regs and the Bad Batch are together in such close proximity that they begin to see each other in each other. Yeah, it's almost like when leaders focus too much on one another's Mm -hmm. differences, it's hard to see Mm -hmm. the humanity um, in a what was once perceived to be an enemy. Now we're moving on to the next section. I've got a bad feeling about this. Our critics corner, where we look at both what's going on in universe to the characters, what we have a bad feeling about, as well as <laughs> what bad feelings outer rim people are having regarding the fandom when it comes to what they're seeing and how canon may or may not be impacted. So we're looking outer and inner. So for our first outer rim job, why clones? And I think we kind of covered that a bit earlier, but is there anything further that we need to talk about besides the fact that there are people online who despite the title are confused. Yes. Real salty. Real salty when clones are the focus. And why do you think that is Colleen? I can't. (laughs) I feel really rude but like it's called Clone Wars (laughs) y'all. It really is. I mean if you're watching the Clone Wars and there's a clone in it and they're sometimes the focus of the Clone Wars it makes sense because it's called the Clone Wars. It just does. But, I mean, I can see 
why people are more fascinated maybe by the main characters that they know and are and love like they want to see what's going on with Anakin they want to see Obi-Wan they want to see even Ahsoka now that they've gone through this entire series and are like okay I'm attached to these people but I'm not attached to the clones and it's like but why though because Rex especially and Fives especially have really come into their own as characters like they're not just these carbon copies of Jango Fett they are real interesting characters that are fascinating to watch and develop because they do they develop throughout the series they are not the same even some of the minor clones are not the same throughout the entire series so i'm not sure exactly where the hating on it comes from besides the fact that they just want to see the main characters in action they want to see anakin annie yep, they want to see anakin they want to see padme they want to see ahsoka Maze. even jar jar maybe my sweetheart love of my life, Brendan, had a really great kind of outer rim perspective on a critique of this. <laughs> yes. Is that why are there quote unquote defective clones? Is this arguably messing with what clone fundamentally means in Star Wars? Right. And mm-hmm. Why would you tweak with what is clearly a working and beloved canon. recipe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a canon here. If you're looking at Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, you don't see any of the differences in the clones, yeah. really, that you see here. They have the same voice. I mean, they technically have the same voice in Clone Wars also, but they actually do sound pretty much the exact same in the two right. prequel films. Right. And so to bring in this totally distinct group and arguably to some people who feel very passionately or there's some of you who are like, don't call it arguably, Sarah, like, (laughs) no, (laughs) lean into this. Mm -hmm. Don't call them clones. Mm -hmm. They're not. Mm -hmm. But isn't that what the characters are fighting about? So it's Mm -hmm. this kind of meta relationship that maybe audiences are Mm -hmm. experiencing. It's certainly one that the character's experiencing. And so whether or not this feels fundamentally wrong, I I think it's also because we tease about it above, but it's because there's some hokiness involved with the idea of Star Wars was above mm-hmm. tropey mm-hmm. army things that we've already seen. Yeah. Now is not the time and place. You've got fans addicted. You mm-hmm. don't need to rely upon a role-playing game. Band of brothers kind of things. Literally mm-hmm. square peg, Shoot em up round kind box, wreck, wreck hunt hunt Mm -hmm. kind of thing but I don't want to be too Mm -hmm. salty it just wouldn't be fair to not raise those things as critiques right yes and it's a very valid critique especially when it was established in canon all the way back in the prequels and then you have a tv show which is animated which also brings its own prejudices along with it but I think it's much more interesting narratively to have the clones wrestle with the fact that they are genetic copies of each other but saying that you do have batches of clones also in which the dna has degraded to some point with which the chameleons do talk about a lot they're like we're not going to be able to get like very many more clones of this dna and you get kind of that breakdown of the dna where you get clones like 99 or the bad batch who are different because of mutations that have occurred in this dna and it's just more intriguing to see them battle with this aspect of themselves 
Yeah, it's a very philosophical Schrodinger's cat. Like, is a clone a clone if you Mm -hmm. haven't determined whether or not they have a chip in their head? That's so what's in the box. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they do come out of their little utero pods basically the same. But they did also establish in the prequels that, like Cody, Cody is a command level clone. So he must be fundamentally different in some way. And same with the droids. Like, the droids get promotions. So they're able to learn, like if they survive battles, they learn and they can be promoted, even the B1s. So it's not like they're carbon copies of each other as droids either, which is another great connection between the clones and the droids. Yeah, it's just a different way of reproducing, Mm y'all. Welcome to the philosophy podcast on Star Wars, (laughs) where occasionally we say funny (laughs) taglines, but make you question everything. That's what we're here for. We may, we want you to dig deep, folks. We're diving into the Sarlacc pit and getting digested for thousands of years. Yeah. And so maybe for a more lighthearted mm-hmm. thing, the idea that tech says there's this moment, <laughs> quote, maps can be wrong. Hunter never is. Mer, and mer, 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 mer. Really? <laughs> never? Never, right. ever? Yep. Like, never, ever, ever, This ever. is, we're in that micro part where it's like, in universe, this character says something that is an absolute, which you never want to do in Star Wars because uh-huh. only Sith deal in absolutes Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> which is an absolute itself, Obi-Wan, but that's fine. Yeah, exactly. But yes, you can't just throw out there that Hunter is never wrong because you know what, y'all? Hunter is now going to be wrong at yeah. some point. We have got bad, bad bad feelings about this especially yes crosshair too i'm worried about him too (laughs) when the bad batch is wrong it is not gonna be a good time no especially if they turn on each other or if they join on in forces which is probably gonna happen i'm hoping no because we're already heading towards horrible tragedy but (laughs) it could definitely happen pretty sure there's a bad batch within a bad batch kind of Mm -hmm. thing going on that is one of the things i'm most worried about (laughs) yeah and maybe the last i've got a bad feeling about this is also sort of i've got Mm. an optimistic feeling i've got a mixed feeling about this spoiler alert for people who haven't seen this episode before and weren't paying attention to the first 40 (laughs) minutes there's a clone named echo he died we thought he died back at the citadel we thought he exploded we thought he was gone and so did rex and fives but like Ghost, is this an echo mm-hmm. of an echo? Is this actually echo? Is it just his brain that was captured? Mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of Ex Machina related stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars is really good about just stitching organs together with yes. really lethal looking robots and mm-hmm. scaring me. <laughs> yes. So all of our general grievous heads out there. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a little bit anxious about what kind of echo the team yes. is heading into mm-hmm. yep i'm supremely nervous about this echo from the beginning i really liked him because his nickname echo was because he repeated orders Precious. that were given over and over again and his teammates were like shut up echo and he's like that's not my name guys and he eventually embraced his name and his role and yeah. in this episode we find out that he actually helped rex come up with some really great strategies which yeah. isn't an echo anymore more like he's actually growing and learning as a soldier only to have that just taken away from him when he quote-unquote died or did not die it's like poor echo like really i'm really afraid that they're only going to find like his corpse 
attached to a computer that is basically just rifling through his brain files. Yeah, that's an excellent point that not only might there only be an echo of his humanity, which seems like a dilution of the character, there Mm -hmm. might be an enhanced aspect of the character that becomes absolutely monstrous and is Mm -hmm. why the droid army or Mm -hmm. the soon-to-be Sith army, spoiler, Is Is able to be adapting. Yeah, like, Mm -hmm. is this a Hunger Games Pete Malarkey situation Mm. going on? Poor Echo. (laughs) Oh, yes, definitely. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming, y'all. So I think now is a time for us to move to our segment, Who Won This Episode? Our Best best Car Award. Who won? All right, folks. There was no one else from the Outer Rim, basically outside production, that could have won this award. And it is D. Bradley Baker. Woo, woo, woo. Thank you. Yes. All the props, all the snaps to D. Bradley freaking Baker. All-star voice actor. He has so much to do in this episode. He has to give nine different vocal performances. Eight of the clones. He plays all the clones, y'all. Every single clone in every clone episode, he plays them all. And he also plays the villain, Admiral motherfucking Tarantula Trench. (laughs) And you can really tell that he has worked so hard on distinguishing these clone voices. Like the Bad Batch voices, their volumes are different, their cadences, their intonations. Even just between Cody and Rex, who are fairly similar in vocal range, you can see the differences. Cody is more of a hardliner. He's a by-the-book Obi-Wan kind of guy. Rex is more Anakin. He's flying by the seat of his pants a little bit. He's adaptable. Yeah, Our guy is. is just bringing fantastic work. Just phenomenal. Excellent. And who is the core winner for Best Best Car? Now, this one, we had a little bit of a Padawan master battle, difference of opinions here. Just a little scratchy scratch just of the, a, the mind. Yeah. Just just probing, just seeing what's, what's, uh, what's what. Which is good, because we need to have these talks about who wins, because we even further deeper dives when we look into this. So my choice for the episode was Rex. I'm a little biased. Love Rex. He my yep. favorite. He my boy. So he gets the entire plot rolling. He discovers that the droids are adapting faster than usual. And he suggests an entirely new strategy. He brings in Cody. He's able to admit when his plans aren't working, which is huge, especially in the military structure where a lot of upper echelon officers don't like to admit that their plans aren't working, but they're not. So he actually calls in people that can help. The next one just really floored me. I wasn't expecting this. Rex lies to Anakin to his base. He knows Anakin's a force user and can probably pick up on this. He does it, though. This is his commanding officer and probably, besides Cody, his best friend. It shows how independent the clones can become when they're given room to grow and learn past just the simple obedience of when they come out of their little clone pods. He doesn't want Anakin to lose faith in him. He's hiding his theory about Echo from every single person but Cody. He has to be so lonely. (laughs) Yes. I think that scene with him in the photograph shows just how lonely he is. Because Cody is a much higher ranking officer. He can't be there all the time. And Rex has a lot on his shoulders as the commander of his own unit, especially one that's as elite as the 501st. So then we also get the survivor's guilt angle, which we hadn't really seen too much. We'd seen it a little bit going forwards in like season four, five, and six. But him with that picture, it gutted me, guys. Like... Looking at that photograph with him and Cody and Fives and Echo, I was just like, oh my god, you guys, we have gone through six seasons, now heading into seven seasons with these characters. You can just hear Sarah McLaughlin's music in the background, Yeah, it just really sets the tone. It's just incredible how much an animated show can really get out of characters, especially characters who are basically the same person. It's crazy. 
And I think in a way, because it's not realistic mm-hmm. portrayals of the true mm-hmm. blood slaughter, like I watched 1917 Oof, and yes. it was phenomenal, mm-hmm. but... Mm-hmm. It's a different way to watch an aspect of war that makes you see and feel different things because of the visceral nature of what you're watching. And so there's certain things that can be done in Clone Wars based on certain takes that they do or Mm -hmm. camera cutting or Mm -hmm. or or that allow You don't see gore. Yeah, it's a very graphic war that mm-hmm. isn't filled with right. gore. It's more of an emotional war at this point. For sure. Like, you don't have to For see sure. all of the flying body parts to know that these people are hurting. And not just injury hurting, but, like, their psychology is breaking down at this point. And it's just so sad to see. But also, they really rise above it. Like, Rex takes command when Cody is injured, and he makes the Bad Batch trust him by adapting to their strategy style. While also mixing in his own moves. Like eventually they start calling him Cap. Like they start using a nickname for him that's not Reg or something derogatory. They actually have accepted him. You know you're in if you have a yep, nickname you exactly. tell Exactly. They have accepted him. They're like, actually, this guy's all right. They already had liked Cody. Cody had already basically proven himself in some way. We don't really know how, except that he's probably just really accepting of them and lets them go about on their missions and do what they want. But now they're accepting Rex too, which is just great. And Hunter praises him. He's like, yeah, you'd be with us like anytime. This is great. Good commanding. And a sergeant saying that is really cool too for an enlisted officer to say that too, who is technically like a West point officer like rex is he's not a battle commission officer he's one of the people that got churned out of the battle school regime basically (laughs) and hunter is the sergeant who's like the toughest nails kind of character that's like hey you're actually pretty cool captain like this is all right you're cool with me kid so cool and then of course in the end he discovers that echo is alive that his theory was correct he wasn't crazy his instincts were right and he shouldn't have doubted them and that little gleam in his eye at the end where he says echo's basically his clone number and then he says echo is alive it's like yes echo rex is coming for you we don't know if you're just a body bag but he is coming for you yeah let's be clear rex was also my number one Mm -hmm. for sure hands Mm -hmm. down don't need to restate the reasons just need to say endorse stamp moving on Mm -hmm. i posit the idea did echo win this Mm -hmm. episode because from a story arc perspective in the beginning our homeboy was dead he dead y'all or he quote unquote he dead yeah at the end of the episode there seems to be a good shot at least for the attempt of a rescue like if we know these boys Mm -hmm. they're gonna be rolling out to get their guy the question is can an echo of a character who we don't know whether or not is actually alive truly win the episode when he hasn't been rescued we're not even mm-hmm. sure if he's alive and he's not a, he has no screen time yeah no screen time so it's kind of like well we could know if he technically quote unquote won the episode hopefully mm-hmm. maybe when he hopefully please yes is rescued Mm -hmm. i mean the episode basically is about him i mean yeah so like there are compelling reasons why technically if you get someone to start your rescue mission Mm -hmm. and you're saved maybe Mm -hmm. you win but there's too many unknowns there's an echo of an echo you can't win not this time at least not this time so like maybe if you get rescued (laughs) but not Mm -hmm. now echo thinking out loud and listening to you kind of recap Colleen, I'm going to throw this question out as a Padawan. Mm -hmm. Why not Cody? Mm -hmm. Why didn't he get to win? Mm -hmm. I know he got injured. Mm -hmm. Cody always be getting injured. 
We you, know our guy. <laughs> it's, yes. it, it, we knew it was likely. Why doesn't Cody get to win in light of his higher position, letting things mm-hmm. happen? I guess mm-hmm. because he's a background support He's role, the right? gel. He basically is in this episode especially. He actually has a lot of very poignant quotes in this episode with the first one about survivor's guilt. And then the second one where he says, we're all on the same team, so cut the attitude and listen up. Yep. He is all about teamwork and making it work and making sure that the military moves on. And I would say the only reason he doesn't win is just lack of screen time again. You gotta up those numbers, Cody. Yep. You have it in your kid. Yep. You just gotta up those numbers. I have a feeling he'll have some more roles to play, but unfortunately our opinions of him are going to be clouded by the fact that he doesn't disobey Order 66, which is almost impossible for the clones to do, by the way. Like, I know there are some expanded universe legends stories where they do. Rex, Gregor, and Wolf do, but that's because they have removed their chips. It's not because they're fighting back against Order 66. So until we get that, I'm not going to throw Cody under the bus completely. Yeah. I just want to put it on the record. To have clones number 99... Mm -hmm. And have Order 66. <laughs> Experimental unit clone force 99. The defective clones with uh, desirable mutations. 99, eh? Nice touch. <laughs> Someone please make that into a good meme for me and you know to what I am speaking. Thank you, please and thank you. Over and out. I mean, not even just with the 69 hello joke, but yeah. I mean, you invert the numbers and it's 9966. Yeah. I mean, yep. We got echoes, man. We have mirror images. We have echoes. Reverberations everywhere. Everywhere. Just someone's have. I love watching people have good times <laughs> with a cannon. Darn right. <laughs> and so I think this is a good place for us to end with like a short little Genesis story from each of us. Pretty much, I remember watching Star Wars when I was super duper young with my dad. I don't really have any kind of poignant, oh, me and Popper, blah, blah, blah <laughs> moments. I just remember being a very salty kid of a very messy <laughs> divorce, looking at another salty kid, because remember, this was pre-everything. I had Luke the whiner. I have all of these magical powers, and I don't want to use them. Oh, do you mean old Ben Kenobi? Like, we don't know you yet, Ben. You're just an old man. What's happening? <laughs> I was someone who would laugh at the idea that I would someday do a podcast, because I remember one moment in Scrubs where one of the characters talks to the Zach Braff character about like, oh, he's just watching the story about the dog and the man in space. (laughs) And I wasn't that bad, but I didn't understand it. It almost makes me want to blush saying that, but that's only because we were still working on getting comfortable with embracing the F out of loving fandoms. Yes. And so thankfully, I am married to a very good man who has taken me to a Star Wars convention, has helped introduce me to some of the books. Please read Master and Apprentice, everyone. (laughs) But for his patience, and I'm talking to all of you who are in a couple right now who are being forced to listen to this right now thinking why oh why am I doing this like I was you listen to me join us join us I was there with you but because of these extended universe things legitimately like rebels and like these books that's what got me in the door because the movie
movies alone seemed a bit too superhero-ish movie for me. And I wanted to, now that I understand these characters and the cultural significance, like hashtag thanks Thrawn, take Mm. me to your TED talk about art and culture. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. That's why I'm here now as a Padawan, hungry to learn. I got to go to the massive Star Wars convention out in California. I'm hankering for another one. So jealous. Welcome. It's so Mm -hmm. much better when you just say F everyone who says you can't love fandoms because you can. Mm -hmm. How about you, Colleen? What's your Star Wars Genesis story? Well, mine is kind of similar to yours, actually. Fun. I was probably five, maybe five or six when I saw A New Hope for the first time because my brother was obsessed with space. I mean, he loved dinosaurs too, like any good kid, but he loved space stuff. So we watched Star Wars A New Hope because my mom was like, oh, the kids can watch whatever they want. This is fine. You know what? Terrified the shit out of me. I was afraid of the Jawas. I was afraid <laughs> of almost everything. I mean, I loved R2. Whoever yeah. says they hated R2, George, we need Liar. the receipts. Yeah. Whoever said people hated R2 are wrong. I mean, there might be one. Let's find one person. But no, it's it was scared me. Like, I was afraid. I still watched it because I really enjoyed scary things. And I still do like scary movies. Jabba the Hutt, that entire sequence, like, ruined me for a while. I was so afraid. I was like, thank God Leia choked that guy because what a dick. Like, even <laughs> as a kid, I realized how horrible this was. That poor Leia was in the situation. But even though I had watched the film since I was little, and I connected with the story, like, oh yeah, this is, this is cool. I can connect with the hero's journey. This is great. I I enjoy it. It wasn't anywhere near my top five fandoms. Yeah. It was always there. Like something in the background. Always there. Good story. I like the actors. I will go and see the movies. Yeah. And the prequels hit and I was like, yikes, yikes, y'all. George. I'm okay with the prequels. They're they're okay. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we will talk about that. This is my position, okay? Mm -hmm. Don't enjoy a prequel meme if you're going to say you don't enjoy the prequels. (laughs) Liar. Exactly. Call it your guilty pleasure if you must. Mm-hmm. But I yes. know you like a prequel <laughs> meme and you only like the prequel meme because you saw the I, prequels. That's my position. Right. Saber drop. Damn right. I like it. And I can, like I said, I appreciate the prequels more now that I've seen Clone Wars because all of that backstory. And yes, there is the argument that they should have been able to put it into movies, but also then we wouldn't have seven seasons of Clone Wars, everybody. And I am fine with that. Yeah, and we're better we off. We are better yeah. off with having seven now. But my real true love did not strike until last year when I rewatched Rebels. I had watched the first two seasons when they came out. I was doing my master's program and so I was not paying attention and I stopped watching and I didn't continue. Well, everybody, I heard that binge mode was doing Star Wars. I'm like, well, I guess I have to go and watch every Star Wars movie again. And it was super enjoyable. I loved it. And then I was like, damn it, I have to watch Clone Wars. I couldn't get into it the first time. That's because I didn't have the chronological order. Yep. Once I got that, it unlocked everything. Loved it. Very similarly, I had tried Clone Wars before, mm-hmm. and it was just painfully yes. slow to me. Yes, me too. So I get it, folks. That's why we offered at the top of the episode mm-hmm. different ways to dip your toe back in, because yes. even diehard fans, whether they've turned away because of the expanded universe drama or not, mm-hmm. like it, it's a commitment, but it, it starts to shine. And the same thing with Rebels. First season, oh, I love Rebels. we're getting used to it. Mm-hmm. By the fourth season, mm. anyone who doesn't cry is officially mm. a monster to me yes yes i will not yeah i won't spoil anything really that happens in the last season of rebels because you really just have to see it yep. until we get to that point where i will be spoiling everything about rebels because it's my favorite 
Harry Potter is my number one fandom. Star Wars Rebels has now become number two, which is huge for me. I have had my top five fandoms in place for at least one decade. And for a little animated show that could to come in and unseat four other things was incredible. If you like Firefly, if you liked Cowboy Bebop, I would say watch Star Wars Rebels. And that was where my true fandom, I think, came to light. That's what made me dip more into the canon and be interested in the expanded universe legends and now i can kind of call myself a jedi master without my eye twitching <laughs> and i can defend the animated shows until the freaking cows come home because that's the one chief concern i have is to like get people into these stories that i appreciate so much more than just the core nine movies i would say clone wars and rebels are like heads and above maybe empire yeah. is the only thing for me that is above quality wise for Star Wars. Yes. So come join us. One of us. One of us. Come on in. The water is great. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for joining us, Bohemian Geek Studies. We know that we went on a hiatus for a little while, and we are really excited to be back. We're hoping to do one episode a week for each of the Star Wars episodes. The schedule might fluctuate a little bit. And then Mondays, Mondays, Mondays are going to be for our girl, Matilda. So until next time, keep geeking out with us on Instagram at Bohemian Geek Studies and on Twitter with the handle Geek Studies. We don't have a cool hashtag yet. A few of the ones that we thought would make sense were already taken or are just too long. So again, we're really wanting to build a geeky community for geeks by geeks. If you have a good hashtag idea, email it to us at Bohemian Geek Studies and you'll get a shout out. Similarly, please email us a picture of you enjoying books or your favorite fandoms, a thought or question you have for us about Star Wars, specifically Clone Wars, or frankly, outside of this particular canon, because we've we've probably watched it or read it or know someone or can do the research for you. So ask us. Same goes with our girl Matilda. And you can reach out to us with those questions, either typing them out or auditorily with an audio recording. And we hope to give participating listeners shout outs in the future. Most importantly, tell your friends about BGS and have them join the fun. We always like subscriptions and little stars and reviews because that does help us beat the robots and not the droids. Thanks so much. Sabers up and keep those episodes streaming. Star Wars. That was on Star Wars, specifically Clone Wars, season seven. Star Wars. That was on Star Wars, specifically Clone Wars, episode one. Has your IP been recently stolen by a rival conglomerate drilling into your brain? Have you been beaten within an inch of your life or your security droids destroyed with economic impunity? Don't hesitate to call the guys at Gary Gungan. We don't get galactic credits until you do. No recovery, no fees. Call the associates at Gary Gungan today at 1-800-ORDER-66. That's 1-800-ORDER-66. Holocron today. Don't delay.
that was some show you put on just now. Just doing our job, Captain. 